Welcome back, everybody, to Thanks for Your Concern. You're here with Berenice. And it's Ella. How's everyone doing this week? It's coming towards the end of summer. I hope everyone is getting out there and enjoying the last little bit. Yes, yes, yes. I honestly, like, where did the summer go, bro? I feel like I I had so many plans. I was like, I'm a hot girl this summer. I don't even know what happened in the summer. I don't think I did anything. (laughs) You made a lot of outfits. You made a lot of dope outfits for people. Yeah, I've been quite the busy working bee. Not exactly what I thought summer would be, but like financially, I think it was a good decision. (laughs) Good. You went to some fun festivals yourself and some good shows. You did stuff. But your your life is just so exciting that it's like it just didn't. (laughs) It wasn't different from what you were doing. Yeah, Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, fucking right. No, no, no. No, no, no. But this will be be a really fun episode. What are we talking about today, Ella? All right. So this is kind of a trending sound right now, but it's be fucking for real. And I actually just want to give credit where credit's due because I hate when freaking people don't get credit on TikTok for like their original fucking sound. You know what I'm saying? So originally, this girl who's a trending sound is Jaden and Jaden Nicole. You know how TikTok does this, where people just like take the sound and then paste it as an original sound so that they get the little like whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so Jaden <laughs> Nicole did be fucking for real. And basically, it's like, like, let's be real. All right. There is like the imaginary world that sometimes we like to live in. And then there's reality. So this is going to be a fun, aggressive reality check. I love it. And we have done an episode about being real with Mind of Real, the podcast. Um, That one was really good. So you can go refer to that episode. This is going to be a little different. That one was a little like friendlier, good feely. This was just like calling it out like we see it. Um, But before we jump in, Ella, how you been? What have you been up to? Okay, y'all. So I don't know if anyone listened to last week's podcast. But I talked about being a high performance person, right? And that I was like shifting to be high performance. So that was a Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah. I had a mental breakdown on Wednesday. So day three (laughs) of being a high performance person, I had a fucking breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like that. It's definitely being high performance is a it's a lot. Yeah. In my defense, like eight things happened that day that I literally like was just like not mentally prepared to add to my docket. Um, One of them being I thought I lost my paddleboard. I thought the paddleboard was Mm. gone. Oh, the paddleboard. I've been saying that this thing has been holding me together, been giving something for me to look forward to, (laughs) you know, in my dark times, at least I can go paddleboarding. Right. And so I thought the paddleboard was gone. Because I left it in the rental car because Mm -hmm. my car was totaled. And I was like, God damn it. My life is over. Then (laughs) I also thought that I didn't get the full $20,000 from Joe Biden. And I had a breakdown. And I was locked out of the system. Because, like, literally, like, the difference between $20,000 and $10,000 for me is, like, a really big game changer. Obviously, it's not enough fucking money. Let's be really fucking clear. It's not enough. The government doesn't need it. Let's take some money from (laughs) our occupation in the Middle East and pay off these loans, okay? Anyways, I had a breakdown about that on the same day. But And usually in these times, destructive destructive shit right i buy something i don't need i go drink too much i go do something destructive i went on a walk 
Wow. Yep. How wholesome. I love that. Yep. I went on a walk. I calmed down and I realized, you know, we're going to let some of these problems be tomorrow problems because we don't have enough bandwidth. You know, we love Mm. that word to deal with this today. Next day, three out of the eight problems resolved themselves. Oh, we love when life has our back. The universe Mm -hmm. said, don't worry, shoddy. Exactly. The paddleboard was found. I actually do qualify for the $20,000 by the skin of my teeth. And then also I did an audition where I don't think I'm going to be in the Seattle International Comedy Competition, but I honestly think it's a blessing in disguise because I don't think I really have the time to compete in that competition if I'm being Mm. real 100 because it's a lot of traveling in like November and shit. And like there's a lot going on in November. Anyways, this has been very long winded. But to say that, you know, not every day we can be high performance. Sometimes we need to take a break, <laughs> recharge, and go for a walk and reevaluate if we want to be that person the next day. Uh, I feel that, and I like that. Um, I'm not going to lie. After my my minor breakdown of illness from caused by stress, I said, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to change my habits. Did I? No. Okay, I am the most like productive sad person I know I can be having a minor breakdown a live breakdown a full-on trauma episode full-on depression I will still be making outfits maybe it's the artist in me Mm -hmm. that just knows how to work with being sad like I'll be shedding tears while cutting fabric baby I did however make a slight change I just said one day a week I'm gonna give me to do nothing absolutely nothing So on Sunday, I gave myself the ability to do nothing except the shit that I wanted to do. Mm. So I took my ass to the gym and then I overdid it because it was my first week back at the gym from my Mm. being sick. And I was like, why am I so weak? By by the end of the week, I was feeling stronger. Yeah, my body said, no, girl, you overdid it. However, I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling good about my one day off a week to... Be be a normal human being and uh, and give myself time to just sit with my feelings. I did, however, realize that um, sitting with my feelings can be a little challenging. So I, I got real sad because I had some needs that weren't necessarily met. And I was having a really hard time thinking of how I can communicate those in like a productive way with somebody. And then I just did it. I did the thing. Oh, yes. I did. It's so hard for me sometimes to communicate, mostly when it's like a romantic interest because it's right. like, what are we? I don't have grounds to speak on. But then I said, what do you say? Instead of fucking detaching yourself from the situation because you feel like you're not getting what you want, why don't you communicate what the fuck you want? You can't get something you don't ask for. Yeah, baby. So I did it. <laughs> and guess what? I've never seen a man hustle to to solve a problem as quickly as I saw this action. And I was like, that's good. Wow. Good signs. Good signs. Yeah. So it turns out communication pays off. <laughs> Babes, we're all about the communication. Such positivity. Now to that. If I had a therapist, I'm sure I'm sure she'd be like, hell yes, yeah, sister. Pat yourself <laughs> on the back for that one. All right. Are we ready for this episode? Let's start the episode because I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about it too.
All right, you guys. So we're talking about like being real, being fucking for real. I just want to say that like you might feel tar- I don't want to say targeted, but like this we're going to give out general life advice based on patterns I've seen amongst my friends and people um, that like my cyber friends on the Internet. But I just want to say if you ever need an advice, hit us up, you know, just send us a DM. You can make a burner account if you want it to be anonymous or something. I don't know. But feel free to send it into our inbox and we'll give you the realest best advice from two girls who've gone to therapy and done the work. So you're going to get a little (laughs) bit slightly better advice because we've heard advice from professionals. But in no means is this professional advice. Take everything we say with a grain of salt. I will say for me, I'm talking a lot about shit I've been through that I may or may not have not been too real with myself. That now I look back and I'm like, bitch, you could have been a little more real with yourself and avoided a lot of the own drama that you cost in your life. Yeah. So let's begin. <laughs> let's begin. Okay, dokie. So I feel like the biggest <laughs> to start off hot. You got to get fucking real about the fact that that dude's probably not that into you or that girl. She might not be very into you. And that's okay. You know, they're not going to marry you. And that's okay. (laughs) If you're okay with that. I just I feel like a lot of times people will communicate their needs of I want to be in a relationship with you or I would like to marry you. And then the person doesn't have a negative response. It's more like a no response response or a uh, I'm not ready yet response. And Mm -hmm. I just want to say that that only goes so far. And if you've communicated a need and that person isn't interested in fulfilling that, you might need to move on. Yes. I think that in the past, right, I have been optimistic, I would like to say an enthusiast of love and I want to believe that everybody is in love with me (laughs) as I am of them Uh, this has not worked out for me and the thing is like when it didn't work out I did know I was like bitch you totally fucking knew it wasn't so I don't know why you were fucking lying good for being glass half full but know where there is a glass to fill because sometimes there is no glass You know, have you seen that TikTok that's like, a pool, bitch, there's not going to even be a house. Okay. Yes, yes, Yes. I do get that one. Yes, that that one really brings it back for me. Essentially, like, I, I feel like in this one, being optimistic sometimes can pay off, but you do need to communicate consistently about what you want. Because I, I believe sometimes, like, when you get into things casually, where you, there's not a lot of boundaries, nor direction, nor you don't specifically know where the other person wants to go with it. For me, it was very crucial to like explain to the person I started seeing, like, if you don't see this going anywhere, I need you to let me know because like I am not looking for this situation or this situation. I'm very specifically like pursuing this because I see it going somewhere. So if you don't see it going somewhere, like, let me know. I don't want to be let on. I don't want to lead you on. And we can be friends after this if it all ends well. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people are kind of afraid to have the converse- these types of conversations with people because they don't want to scare someone off. But mm-hmm. I think that you're just saving yourself time and someone who is looking for the same things as you isn't going to be scared off. Like, obviously, on a first date, you shouldn't probably bring up like, hey, so <laughs> I'm looking this I'm looking for this to lead to marriage. So if you're not yeah. you know, like maybe not, but if you've been dating someone for a while, you should have that conversation because for me, like I don't date casually. And what I mean is, is that like 
I honestly rather be alone than be with like some random placeholder. I mean, I just don't, I just don't, I'm not interested in it. So I've communicated that to people and um, some people are like, oh shit, well, I don't even like you that much, which is not (laughs) the ideal response, but like, it's kind of what I would prefer than like, oh yeah, like let's be in a casual relationship for four years and then decide that even though we knew in year in month three that this wasn't it we still dated each other for four years because we can like get along enough like that's no i have i think it scared me a little because i feel like tiktok sometimes knows where i am in life before i know where i am in life and it really like fucks with my brain when a bunch of things start coming up it's like are you in a situationship and like it had like people i'll give it three months and everybody in the comments it's like i'm at month seven i'm at one year and a half and i'm like you're in casual uh things situationships with people for a year and a half do you know i would be a full-on spiraling like every day like (laughs) i don't know how people can do that like babes get real he doesn't want you he hasn't tried to lock you down he want he told you to go to the streets he thinks you're in the streets and he's okay with that after a year and a half what are you doing yeah and like you know, I think people want to give people the benefit of the doubt or they don't want to be like or they know that they're a really cool, dope person. So, like, how is it that they're the ones that this person isn't into? It it, it has to do with you a little bit, but not really. It has to do with them. Like, you're right for somebody else because there's going to be somebody in this world who, like, literally immediately meets you and like, oh, my God, this person is such a catch. They're an amazing human being. And, like, you're just not right for every single other person. And I'll say this in my experience. Like, there's a lot of dudes who will stay in something casual, especially if there is a sexual connection. And they just know, like, oh, I don't want to date her. But, like, the sex is bomb. So, like, why would I mess this up? Yeah. And, like, obviously I can't speak on women because that's just not my experience. But I... I'm just saying, like, that's probably a pattern with a lot of people is that they're like, oh, well, we're having sex. It's a good time. But, like, I don't want anything serious right now. But I'm not going to tell that person that because then they're going to, like, and I've had this conversation. Yeah. Which is manipulative, but, like, it's a reality. Like, we're being real here. People do unintentionally or intentionally manipulate people to stay in things that they're not happy with because they're happy because it's what they want. And this one's really telling when you, like, end something with someone that was based on a sexual connection. And they're like, well, you know, I get it. And they let you go, but then they'll still hit you up after. Yeah. Like that one's real telling that they never cared about you and that they're a piece of shit. So, yeah. Um, I would say that I'm a pretty big, I'm pretty big on tough love. And because as somebody who's had a lot of girlfriends, we always tell each other when we want to do something. And I'm your biggest supporter. I really don't care about what dude you're fucking. I don't really care if you've been in a 10-year relationship. If you express to me that you're not happy and you want to do something else with your life, I'm going to straight up be like, okay, bitch, what's your plan? Like, are we going to, how many conversations from this moment on are we going to have the same conversation and you expressing that you're unhappy until you make a change, right? Mm-hmm. And I like to hold myself to that standard too because I'm also my my own bestie. So sometimes I... 
I get annoyed with myself when I'm like, bitch, you need to change the fucking situation. The mm-hmm. same way that you listen to your friends complain about the same fucking shit, but they do nothing to change it. So if you're in a situation and you find yourself repeating it to your friends, the same frustration again and again and again, and you haven't made one fucking move, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> you and- can get hit by a car tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mean this with like, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little older and I do have some older friends and I had some of my friends like share frustrations about like they wanted to get married. They've been dating for literally like seven years, but the other person like hasn't pulled the trigger, whatever. You need to leave. I'm so sorry, but there you do not need that much time to get to know somebody if you guys are both serious. Like, seven years? Like, what do you learn at year seven versus year ten? Okay? Like, the ultimatum, that was such a frustrating show because most of them had been together for, like, a year and a half, and they were 22. But if you are 30 years old and you've been with your boyfriend for seven years and he doesn't want to marry you, he's probably not, bro. Or not on your timeline. I think it's very telling to me that I've heard this from several people in my life when they're like, well, I either want them to propose to me or we need to break up. I think that if you have that mindset, he doesn't need to propose to you. You just need to break up. Because if you are essentially willing to take all or nothing, like that shouldn't like if you're genuinely in love with somebody and you're like really trying to make it work with somebody that like really shouldn't be a thought you're having I mean I think answer your own question you know like he isn't proposing you need to go you like you've given him seven years like you've given him like two good years of like a chance right like if it's two years you know what I'm saying like it's just a lot of people like I've seen people, I saw this girl on TikTok and she had been with her boyfriend for 13 years and he had a proposed and he was basically like, well, if we're going to be together forever, like, why do we need to get married? Well, if you're going to be together forever, then why wouldn't you get married and have the protections of marriage? And guess what? I saw an update. They broke up because he actually and, didn't want to yeah. get married. And the th- I think the that calling it off with somebody is the best thing you can do, not in a way of like like obviously for yourself, but also nothing gets people moving more than when you feel like you're losing somebody. Like and that's when you find that you really care for that person. So, if it's a decision that you have to make for yourself because you know that you're worth a whole lot more and you know that you are ready for that next step in your life to build a life with somebody whatever whatever and they're not meeting you there break up with them and if they realize oh shit she is the best thing that's ever happened to me they're gonna get their shit together and they're gonna want to make it work with you so do what you need to do for yourself like people people are either gonna meet you or they're not and then you will stop wasting your time and i i think a lot of times i hear people being like oh, well, we've been together for X amount of years. Like, I like I don't want to break up with them because, like, I don't want to waste that five years. Okay, do you want to waste the next five more so then you have a total of 10 years wasted instead of just ending it at five when you think you should? Like, a lot of people, I think, know the right answer because you have these conversations in your head. You know, if you're just yeah. having these thoughts, that should be a big signal that something isn't right. If you're making a pro-con list about staying with someone, just go, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And you can have many realizations. One big realization I had and that I had to get really real for myself is that I'm not meant for the streets, okay? Uh, I've seen what I had to see. I heard what I had to hear. I met who I had to meet. And I just realized 
God. It is rough out there. It is disgusting. It is a mess. And I don't want to be there. I am not meant for the streets. I am a, I'm a relationship lady. I want to be taken care of. I want to be cuddled. I want to, I want people to treat me nice. I can't, I can't with these people. A lot of people also need to get real about the fact that they're full on fucking delusional. Okay. I, I don't know what the fuck people are looking for or who they think they are. There's demigod complex, but you need to, you need to reevaluate because some people are out here literally acting like their actions have no type of like consequence or reaction in anybody else. Like, they're yeah. allowed to just do whatever the fuck they want, and the other person's not allowed to have any thoughts or feelings about it. Yeah. No, and it's not how it's it works. full-on delusional babies. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And if you, I feel like, at least for me, a big realization was in my last relationship was that I was kind of feeling ready to, like, build a life with somebody. Like, I was just like, oh, I could really see myself. Like, I want to, I want to get something with someone. Like, I just wanted to get, like, more serious, and I yeah. wanted to be able to plan out more stuff. You know what I mean? Like, in a, in a big life basis, like, how are we going to make this work long term? Thinking mm-hmm. about a relationship was like a team and I just realized that even though my mentality had changed a lot maybe just from getting older the person that I was with unfortunately was not growing with me like I just couldn't see how that was going to work exactly with that person and I think that I felt guilty for a very long time but I also had to get real about the fact that like it just wasn't going to be with that person or I was I was going to take the whole section where I wasn't fulfilled like I wasn't happy I wasn't content because I was like ready to like start building a life with somebody if it's not the right person then it's just not the right person like I think that shit like that usually ends in divorce well it's interesting you say that because like our next bullet point is like be like as much as I say fucking leave if they're not ready to marry you be careful who you marry and who you decide <laughs> to pair it with okay this is a double-edged sword right <laughs> but yeah I think what you said about like just building a life with someone and not seeing the person that you're currently with as that person that just that doesn't you know you have to make a decision there do you either rethink your life with this person that you currently have or do you find a new person that better fits with the life that you want and that's a real personal decision but I think most people who feel the most fulfilled are the people who choose themselves and what they want from their lives word and you know (laughs) right on I, I honestly like a lot of people you know their parents divorce it was like devastating or whatever to them To me, it was like I had someone else teach me like the biggest life lesson, you know, like someone else had to go through the divorce, having to co-parent with someone. And I got to watch it being like, you know, what? this is an example of what I will not do, which is you just really got to be careful on who you marry and who you have kids with, because that is a lifelong decision Like, obviously, you can get married, you get divorced, whatever. But divorces are so messy that... Expensive. And and can be really nasty. Yeah. And those those people are in your life forever. Mostly if you have a kid mm-hmm. forever. Not to, like, throw my own family under the bus, but, like, yikes. You really yeah. gotta watch out who you marry because some people are off the cuckoo bananas. Like, that... Yeah, uh, (laughs) and and a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people who are not parents might think that, like, oh, well, it's whatever. Parenting's only 18 years, which is even a fucking huge portion of your life. But parenting goes way beyond that. So you have to co-parent with someone. Because if you think about, like, 
your kid's wedding, your kid's birthday, your kid's kids. Like you still are going to have to co-grandparent with this person or co-parent with this person to like be at big life events. And so if you do not like to be in the same room as that person, that's that really room ruins the vibes of what should be happy special events. Uh, I'm going to call one of my friends out (laughs) because she's pregnant. We love this for her. She's always wanted a baby. Very happy for her. But her friend, uh, she put like, she made a TikTok that was like, what November, which is like when she's due, is going to be like. And it was like romanticizing like those November, like pumpkin spice and then like a newborn. And I was like, I was like, I wish nothing but this for her. But bitch, get real. I was like a baby, a baby and pumpkin spice. Like, I don't, I don't even know if this is from my own trauma and fear. But like, I've seen women after they give birth and what their lives are like. And it's like full on chaos mayhem. Like postpartum is like a really big thing. Like, I I love that like glasses is half full. But also, I can't, I, that's not, like, how I, I function, like, as a person. Like, I was like, there's not gonna be time for pumpkin spice. I barely do that shit, and I'm a single fucking woman in her 20s. I don't do, the. I'm not aesthetic like that. I hope, I live that. Okay, so the thing about kids, I really, like, I implore people before they have kids to hang out for an extended period of time with an with a not well behaved child, okay? Don't <laughs> hang out with the perfect cute little baby who is like all gaga goo goos. Go hang out with a problematic child for like a week and then see reevaluate if you want to have kids and if you want to have kids with the person that you're with. Because I think, you know, sometimes I think people are like, "Oh, the worst case scenario is that I'm a single parent and I know I can do this on my own." No, actually, the worst case scenario is you have a shitty co-parent that is completely pulling and dragging you down because they are literally just being extremely difficult and a terrible parent. And you have to have the anxiety anytime your kid goes and hangs out with that person because you know that they're kind of a piece of shit. That's actually the worst case scenario. As you can tell, we're both children of divorce. (laughs) Well... I'm not even, no, okay, so there's a couple of things. I'm a child of divorce, but I also went to a school where I had a lot of teen pregnancy, right? I had a lot of teen pregnancy. So I had a lot of my friends get pregnant in high school or right after high school. I have a lot of people who, one of my friends in high school, she now has five children, okay? Five children, and I have another friend that has three kids. I have another friend that has a kid. And these are things I'm hearing from them, right? This is not like, my parents... God bless their souls. They probably didn't have the worst co-parenting situation as is out there. Also, I'm on TikTok and TikTok shows me all the baby daddy drama. Okay, like it can get (laughs) fucking bad out there. It can get brutal. (laughs) But um, I'll tell you guys a funny story. I spent three days with two kids under two and I was at the zoo. My favorite place in the world. Right. And I was That's like, your favorite place? Yeah, I actually I go to the, this is a a fun pro tip. Uh, I go walking at the zoo quite often because if you walk the whole zoo, that's like four miles. So um, some days I hot girl walk at the zoo. Yeah, wow. it's my favorite place. I took two kids under two. 
little lot less enjoyable, okay? Like when people have to stop for snacks and decide they want to have a tantrum, you mm. know, and are don't aren't interested in the animals and are you know, it's just a lot. And then having two kids, three kids, it's I'm going to say it's the best version of birth control, and it's also weird seeing your partner with kids and then you're like, "Hmm, Wow, this is what it would be like, huh, for us to have two kids. Like, is this fun? Like, I think we have better times alone. But that's just me personally. I don't know if it's age or what happened to me. But I don't think it's that terrifying. Or, like, yeah, kids are work. But, like, they're pretty fucking funny. Like, I, I like kids better than adults. are hilarious. Like, I will, yes, they, they got jokes. And they're just little people, you know? Um, so I think it'd be, I'm not in the same where I'm like, eh. But, but it's something to give a lot of thought. To give a lot of thought. And I, yeah. I'm just, I, it, honestly, it, I'm more like, I feel like women are like superheroes. And I know so many fantastic single women, like single moms. Um, but honestly, I just, I sometimes think about those like piece of shit baby daddies that I also know my friends have. And that's the part I like worry about for people, you know, it's just choosing a partner who you find out, you don't find out until they have kids that they have no idea what having a kid means. You read all the parenting books, you know what, you knew what to expect. And then homeboy was like, oh no, well, I'll just have the natural instinct to parent, which is just not true. Right. Also, I, I. I might be stupid, but like, or I like, I can't tell when people, you can tell some people when they're narcissists, but I cannot tell when someone sometimes is a narcissist. And then I don't want to end up with a fucking narcissist, bro. And then they fuck up the kid because, well, even if you have one good parent, if the other one's a piece of shit, they're still getting fucked in the brain. Well, and I'll say this you have to do a lot of work. Most people, their default is to parent how they were parented, mm. right? Like, that's the default because that's what they know. If you have met your in-law's parents and you're like, wow, or your fucking partner has told you some shit and you're like, oh, my God, like, even though you'd think they're going to be so different, they're actually most likely going to be the same unless they do a lot of personal effort into being different. Yeah. So just keep that with a grain of salt. Some of the greatest advice I've ever heard is, like, would you like a son or daughter to be exactly like your partner, right? Because that's what they're probably going to raise them to be. It's going to be a lot like themselves. And if you're like, no, immediately, you might want to think about that. That Damn, that advice, <laughs> that advice, you probably don't like them. I mean, I'm just saying, well, no, because you could just be like, oh, well, what red flags that you, does your partner have that would be passed on to your son that you would then warn other fucking girls about? If you got a lot of those or, you know, you want to think about this. And I heard that from a woman who is going through like kind of a nasty divorce at 40 and they've been together for like 25 years. Yo, I can't even like sometimes here's the real skinny. Okay. I'm scared of relationships because the idea that somebody's it's not going to work out after like 25 years. That's a lot of years with somebody. And then you like get nasty at 40 when I spend my best years with you, my hottest years. I can't. I can't fathom. My favorite, like the relationship that obviously I don't know the ins and out of, but Helen Boham Carter and Tim Burton they're like, do you know who those people are? She was in Harry Potter. She's in like everything. Yeah, yeah, Tim yeah. Burton. She's in all his shit. Yeah. So they got divorced after having three kids. Uh, and someone asked him about it. And she was like, and they were together for like 30 years. 
And she was like, yeah, I don't see it as a failure because we had, you know, 30 good years. But then at 30 years, we decided that, like, we are just different and we want different things than we wanted 30 years ago. We built a beautiful family and we're still family, but it no longer works. That's what I would love if I had to get a divorce, right? It's very abnormal. Abnormal? I can't say that word. And they're still co-parents and they're co-parenting well, they'd say. So that's like the ideal situation, right? That's, that's beautiful. Tim Burton's problematic, but that's beautiful. <laughs> Who? Oh, well, got a perfect. They're pro- he's problematic. Isn't everyone? <laughs> I think most people are. Yeah. And actually, this brings me to my next point. Exactly. <laughs> I think that people have to be real in our current state of the times that everybody is a little fucking racist, okay? We were, if you were socialized in America, in surroundings, any place that was colonized, you got a little bit of racism in you, okay? It's mm-hmm. just the ways we were socialized. It was the ways that we got brought up. We have these biases that are just embedded in us. So I think it's really counterproductive when people are like, I'm a racist, and they're like fucking freak out. It's like a Karen moment. Yeah. You need to calm down first and fucking most, okay? You need to realize that maybe somebody is calling you out because they're they're feeling they're feeling something from you. And it's not like I think people are like so scared of being canceled that when somebody tells them like they're racist, that's why they go into like full panic. But I would like to challenge everybody that if somebody calls you a racist, you go back and you're like, like, really think about that shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Most people are like, there's just stuff that if you even with microaggressions, like if you walk past a black person and you clench your purse. Like, that is a microaggression because technically you're scared of black people, okay? that That's just what it is. There's just embedded in racism. Now, this was just a reaction based on a bias that you have. Maybe you don't, like, you have nothing against black people, but you still reacted this way, which means that you have to look out for shit like that. Like, if this happens, don't, like, don't put yourself down. Don't be like, I'm not fucking racist. Be like, oh, that's interesting that I had th- that reaction and start calling yourself out on it because that's how you grow, right? So the only time that we are allow- we allow ourselves to grow is if we accept that there are things that maybe are embedded in us and then we can challenge those things. So every time that you do it, you're like noticing that you're responding that way and then you're able to say, okay, next time, how can I change my behavior or just rewire your brain to actually think about the actions before you just do them? And I really want to challenge people that like, obviously, I feel like I sometimes I have a lot of empathy for people who maybe are not as far in this journey as I am. And I'm not saying that to like, say like, I'm like better than other people. But I was taught implicit bias in like, the ninth grade like it's something that we talked about and we actually took an implicit bias test and if you look it up online there's a bunch now but at the time it was done by University of Washington I think Harvard has one now where you can literally test your implicit bias right and a lot of my fellow students were very shocked that they had an implicit bias against african-americans and they were shocked about it because they were like oh my god what do you mean like i have black friends but the thing is is it's that's how deeply embedded it is that even people who have a liberal upbringing going to a liberal school surrounded by people of color have an implicit bias against people of color so can you imagine if you're not surrounded by that if you're only fed what the media gives you the type of implicit bias that you might have and we all have it and even as like I'm a person of color, but I'm half white. I still have like 
some sort of implicit bias. Like I'm not immune to it, but I think a lot of people would do a lot better if they just admitted to themselves that we are in a racist society. So therefore there's a good possibility I have been fed racist things. And also I think a big thing is a lot of people think that just because they don't know something is racist, that it's not racist. So, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, yeah. like, if you're because obviously, like, I think we can all understand that there are some there are racial slurs that we as a society have agreed these are racist and everyone understands it and doesn't say it. And then they'll say a term like, for instance, nappy. I remember in college when someone said I had nappy hair and how that that made me upset. But if you say that term that has racial undertones and comes as a word that was used when black people were slaves black people were property so that's really not the best term to use anymore so if someone says hey that's kind of a racist term and like that's not a good term to use you shouldn't be like oh my god it's not racist just because you don't know it's racist doesn't mean it isn't. The word picnic is technically racist. I won't, I'll let people look that up from themselves because it's actually quite disturbing. But if someone told you like, oh, did you know the roots behind that word? And did you know it's actually racist? Just because you didn't know it wasn't racist doesn't mean it's not racist. Fair point. <laughs> and the, uh, the thing I also, why I kind of thought about this subject was, have you heard about this Sydney Sweeney situation? Yes, yes, yes. See, I don't, I don't stand a lot of people. I'm not into like Me celebrity either. culture because they're just people. Like I like Bad Bunny, but I'm not like you know how people are like ah! like I just I don't get into that. Like I just don't think people are perfect. People are just people, and you don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With this uh, Sydney Sweeney, if you don't know who she is, she's the bitch from Euphoria. Um, she's like from Spokane. Let's get, so, I'll let me give a little, I like- <laughs> before we get into this, let me just give a little bit of context for people that don't know. She basically, there was photos of her at her mother's birthday party. People were wearing MAGA hats and blue lives matter shirts. Her fans yeah. freaked out. She responded, I cannot believe <laughs> that you guys are ruining my mother's birthday and making this political. Funny enough, <laughs> and she people are making assumptions. Funny enough, now it's the only thing Fox News and the New York Post are talking about, about how the left <laughs> goes too far. So if she doesn't share these views, she better speak up because Fox News is now speaking for her. But people who are shocked, I'm like, come on, like, be fucking for real. Well, so if people don't know that Spokane, Washington is uh, in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, surrounded by, like, fields with uh, with farms that are pro-Trump. There's big, big Trump signs. How do we know that? We went to school there. I know. Um, so it's really no shocker to me. Um, mostly, also, the bitch likes cars. She likes to work on cars. Just, I- and. Uh, it's just giving like it's giving country to me right (laughs) and I read her Wikipedia page and like literally her Wikipedia page probably mirrors Ivanka Trump's like I'm being dead serious she's from like an upper middle she's from an upper class background her mom's a lawyer her dad's into medical stuff she went to a private school in Spokane and described her and she has a religious family oh they're Trumpers duh Duh. <laughs> um, I will t- like 
to this point, I would say get real with your icons, with your idols. Yeah. With the people you, like, inspire you and you admire. Like, look at who these people actually fucking are. Uh, there's plenty of people out there, like, making real changes, making, like, real moves for people. And those are really cool people to follow, in my opinion. I agree. Um, if you're really into pop culture, just, like, people will change on you. And I think about this when people, like, get tattoos and stuff like that of like celebrities oh my gosh even even when i got my tattoo it's like a it's a song it's a quote i was like yo what if this man turns out to be like a petty like i'm gonna have to get this shit removed you know what i mean i mean like (laughs) i know people with that sick tattoos you know what i'm saying like it just it's like you just never know and you think even the people that you would assume are good people How would you know? You don't fucking know them. And then also a lot of people who do bad things, it's because they hold power over others. So it's like, oh, celebrities are probably more likely to be pieces of shit because they have like the social mobility to not have the consequences for being a fucking asshole. But we give them that, right? Yeah. So um, check yourself. Make sure you're not glorifying people you don't know. That's yeah. Be the biggest fan of, like, your fucking mom, your cousins. <laughs> Post them. <laughs> Let the world know what they're up to. Yeah, and also just, like, <laughs> people, don't be don't be lured in with performative activism. If they have BLM in their, in their Insta bio, <laughs> their bio, that doesn't really mean anything. Like, you know, that's easy. It's really easy to put <laughs> yeah. that. You know, it's really easy to, like, fucking put a little pride flag just in the month of fucking June, you know? Like, don't be fooled. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know when someone walks the walk. I'll tell you that. It is very true. All right. My my last and final is uh, people need to be real about their fucking money, <laughs> okay? Uh, I like to call myself out in this one, too, because I literally, I don't know how I live my life, we're used to, but I would be, like, the biggest yes man to anything, especially, like, music festivals, trips, like, Mm -hmm. anything you would kind of suggest, like, bitch, I'm down. Now, this was really not smart for me because I realized that I really wasn't saving any money. And as an adult, you need to do that, okay? Um, So get fucking real about how you're spending. I met people in New York that, like, are in such bad credit card debt that they have to, like, literally, like, you know that when you freeze your cards, like, you put it in a chunk of ice, like, your credit Mm -hmm. card so you can't use it. Like, to me, that's terrifying. Bitch, have more self-control than that. People have to cut up their cards because they, like, don't want to use it. I think... Now... I think that, like, do not get caught up in trying to play in a tax bracket that you're not fucking in dude so i've been looking for a car recently and it's been really tough just because technically what i could afford i can afford a really expensive like oh i can afford a really expensive car i could afford a more expensive car why though why would i buy an unnecessarily expensive car if the only function of a car is to get me from point a to point b another thing i see people buying designer things because they think everyone else has designer things two things either someone bought it for them their parent their whoever it's fake or they have debt yeah it's i have a yeah i have a few designer items they're all thrifted they're thrifted don't actually one was bought but i i had a discount yeah the discount the discount (laughs) on the discount 
<laughs> we were no, we worked know, at, a, at a place that gave us a large discount for designer goods. Okay, yeah. so that's the only way. But yes, okay, you do not need. I think like designer goods is the biggest scheme there is. You're buying based of a brand, which again we're glorifying people we don't know, right? Uh, who the fuck is this designer? Also, if you really want to get into it, you have to think about the people who are making your fashion because big, big news, it's a male-driven industry. There's a lot of male designers. Yeah. So think about who you're really supporting. Does Christian Dior need any more of our money? Does he need any more of our money? Think about that, right? Um- <laughs> also, yeah, they don't need the money. Also, I think you need to be fucking for real. If you make over like... I want to say like $75,000, but maybe if you're in a major city, $100,000, if you make over $100,000, be fucking for real. You can afford to live. Okay. Like I'm (laughs) like, I literally, yeah. On the flip side, on the flip side, some people are out here acting real fucking cheap. Okay. (laughs) Well, I saw this, I literally saw this TikTok and it was this guy being like, $250,000 isn't actually that much after taxes to live in a city like Seattle. And he literally used Seattle as an example. And he was a software engineer in Seattle making $250,000 talking about how he couldn't afford to live. Be fucking for real, dude. You can afford to live. You have what you've done is done an income creep, which is as your income has increased, you have increased your lifestyle. And that's what capitalism wants, right? It always wants us wanting more money, working hard so we can make more money so we can get more things. You can live a very happy, satisfied lifestyle at $100,000 a year. I'm telling you, unless you're in like crippling student loan debt or you're taking care of other family members. I just see people out here who are like living in luxury apartments with really nice cars talking about how they can barely make ends meet. Okay, trade in your Lexus for a fucking Volvo. Be fucking for real then. Trade in your Lexus for a Volvo. Cut your car payment in half. Move into an apartment in a less desirable area. If you're really, no one should be struggling on $100,000 a year as a single person in their 20s. No, (laughs) definitely no. That's yeah, that's the biggest thing you can get sucked into. A hell of capitalism. (laughs) Just your anti-capitalist baddies here. Be fucking for real. I got charged. I would call another one of my friends out. I got charged for one beer out of a six pack the other day. (laughs) And I said, bitch, I know you got money. How dare you? (laughs) I hate when people like are like, oh, hey, like, do you want something? If you ask someone if they want something, that implies that you're going to give it to them at a certain point, you know, (laughs) unless you specifically say like, hey, I'm getting Uber. Do you want to split the delivery cost with me? If you say, hey, you want anything? You want any coffee? I'm assuming you're buying me coffee. If I wanted coffee and I was going to pay for coffee, I'd go get myself coffee. And it really comes about the way you ask, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hate when people are like, hey, do you want any of my appetizer? And then they charge you for half the appetizer. Like, girl, I thought you were sharing. That's what sharing is. Yeah. I didn't order it, but sure. I got you. <laughs> this has happened to me sometimes. It's really interesting. Money money makes people really interesting, honestly. I think it's, it, it's funny. I find money sharing the most comical thing because people get so fucking awkward about it some people don't like to ask like how much money do you make or how much you pay for an apartment or like they think that's rude I don't think that's rude like why is that rude it's just a fact that's just like how much people you pay yeah I also feel like I probably 
I I'm I am awkward with money, but the way I'm awkward with money is I hate asking people for money, so I pay <laughs> for things that I really shouldn't, and then just you really are no Ella's out here like letting people borrow vast amount of money, and I'm like Ella, did you follow up with that person? I will follow up for you, and she's like, no, it's fine, and I'm like, no, it's not fine. Why would you put yourself in debt over other people? Is their debt? Yeah. It, and you know what? It's something that I should be real with myself about because in my mind, I'm going to get the money back eventually. Either they're going to give it back to me or I'm going to give it back to myself. But it's actually funny you say that because I do have someone who owes me like $700 that could uh, <laughs> could land real good right yeah. now. And the thing is, is if I ask someone one time about it, then I feel like I'm pestering them about it and I feel like I'm acting broke. But I'm really not. They owe me money. Like, I should be able to ask them as many times as I want about it. But I'm just, like, not used to the, like, asking people for money. Like, what, am I a goddamn loan shark? Like, no, I'm not cut out for the loan shark (laughs) business. So I really shouldn't loan people money. But that's the moral of the story. (laughs) I'll be your loan shark. Uh, That's another thing people can get real with. Don't expect your money back. I think if you're going to let somebody borrow money, you should know that there is a high chance you will never see that again. I think that that's probably a really good life lesson. And I'll tell you why. They don't have it now. Something else is going to come up later. If they just don't have it, they don't have it. And I know it's really hard to let people deal with the consequences of them not having money. You're like, fuck, I don't want you to get evicted. Like, that's fucked up. Maybe you just need them to let it figure out with somebody else. I think a lot of people, I've had people ask me for money because it's a lot easier than like admitting to their parents that they don't have money. And I should just have let them have that conversation with their parents. (laughs) Yeah. Word. (laughs) That's how we're ending the episode on that note. This has been fun, though, you guys. If you have things that we need to be real about, let us know. I feel like I keep it pretty real with myself at this point in my life, but I'm. You can call me out on it. I I love that. I love a good call out. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Call out culture. Call out culture should come back. Plugs of the week. Plugs of the week. Okay, so my plug of the week is local to Brooklyn because we know we have some Brooklyn listeners and it's the Tiny Cupboard. It's like a speakeasy comedy club. Uh, They're located in Bushwick. They have shows every single day. I went last night. I literally, it's only a few dollars and it was so freaking funny. I had a great night. We were there for like two hours and they had a whole stand up and afterwards there was an open mic. So if you're feeling brave, you're feeling up for it, you want to try some stuff out, get out there. Again, it's the tiny cupboard. All right. So mine is um, kind of a tag off of Berenice's plug of the week last week, which is your local's farmer's market. I go every week and I get these cookies in Seattle slash the Pacific Northwest. It's called Pickney Cookie Cafe. They actually, I they do deliver and they also have um, gluten-free and vegan cookies, which is pretty cool. I get the double espresso cookie. Every week it slaps and they're at every farmer's market in the Pacific Northwest and then they also deliver. So that's Pickney Cookie Cafe and that's also a black owned business. Plugs Plugs of the week. All right, you guys. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, uh, a.k.a. an hour long rant about being fucking for real. (laughs) 
It'll get cut down. No worries. <laughs> we'll, we love it. We love it. Um, anyways, if you have any advice that you want us to like give you a reality check on, uh, hit us up on our <laughs> Instagrams uh, at thanks the number for your concern. And I'm personally at LL Tutor. And I'm at Bernice ADS. Make sure to subscribe, tell a friend, and rate the podcast. It helps us out a lot. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. bye. bye.